You're listening to Root Lock Radio. Hello and welcome to Root Lock Radio, a podcast for uncloaking, learning, and exploring the tarot cards. My name is Weston, I live in New York City, and I'm your host. In today's episode, we will conclude our exploration of the court cards by looking at the pages, knights, queens, and kings of the suit of pentacles and the suit of swords. In doing so, we will also conclude our exploration of the 78 cards of the entire tarot deck. This doesn't mean we're done, though. We still have to cover how card reversals apply outside of the court cards, talk a bit more about tarot spreads, and tie some of our lessons together, which we'll do in the next couple of episodes. I'll tell you now that, after that, Rulock Radio will have delivered the course in tarot that I originally designed. Considering this, I'd love to hear from you with your ideas and suggestions of where the podcast could go from here. I have some ideas myself, but I'd love to know who you are, why you listen to Rulock Radio, and what you'd like to hear on the podcast in the future. Your suggestions could help shape the direction of Rootlock Radio, so please reach out. You can reach me at rootlocktarot at gmail.com. Also, stay tuned after the lesson today for a special announcement. I've got some exciting news. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Rootlock Radio. court cards of the pentacle suit, we may notice a few things are consistent across these cards. The first is the prominence of the color yellow. One thing about yellow is that it reflects the the color of the pentacle itself and reminds us a little bit of gold and currency and value are things that operate within the realm of pentacles. So that golden sky is showing us that monetary value is something that permeates the essence of all of these cards. And yellow is also a very joyous color, and the color of sunshine, which hints at the idea that the stability that we can achieve in the suit of pentacles is pretty necessary for us to have joy. If the ground that we're standing on is shaky, and we don't have that basic security, we're not going to be able to find much joy in our situation. That particular feeling is only achievable when you feel pretty steady and secure. Another thing you may notice across these four cards is the landscapes are very lush and gardeny or agricultural, and this particularly proliferates in the Queen and King of Pentacles cards. And what this embodies is the values of cultivation and labor, as well as comfort and luxury that operate within the Pentacles suit as well. When we look at the Page of Pentacles card, what we see is the figure of a page holding up a coin or pentacle, and again, we can think of that as the person who has received it from the hand from the sky in the Ace card. And it looks a little bit like this pentacle is just floated down into his hands, and it doesn't look particularly heavy. The landscape behind him is lush and fertile looking, and we see a swath of tilled land, which denotes this idea of sowing seeds. The Page of Pentacles has not yet reaped the rewards 
of having planted the seeds or done the labor. He's just at the start. So the field is tilled and either the seeds are sown or they're ready to be sown, but much of the work is still ahead of him. In the background, we see this mountain, which helps to situate us in a fertile valley. But mountains in the background also often denote ambition or striving to move forward in something. And so this can denote a little bit that idea that you're going to have to work pretty hard to go from the situation of the page to the situation of the king. And a good way to conceptualize a page is to think of it as someone who's striving for whatever the king has accomplished. And the pentacles remind us that a big part of life is labor and working to achieve the long-term stability that is the goal of the suit. Now, when you look at the way this page is holding up the pentacle, again, it looks kind of light. And it looks like he's maybe valuing it and admiring its value as if it's a precious stone or a piece of gold. But the idea of it being light also hints at the idea that it doesn't have a whole lot of value. And this can kind of remind us of the idea of investment and the concept that you can start with very little, but if you work hard and invest smartly, you can end up growing that into something much bigger. So starting out with a penny doesn't mean you'll always have a penny. If you cultivate that penny's potential in the same way that you can sow seeds and grow a crop, you can end up making money just off of having money. And so this very light pentacle can suggest to us that it has the potential to grow. And when you look at the pentacles in the Queen and King's cards, they look both larger and heavier, embodying where that potential can take us. And this particular court card is also the most light feeling one of all the Pentacles court cards. He has a very upward energy, right? It looks like his feet are almost coming off the ground a little bit, which is a little bit different from what you would typically expect from the Earth energy, which is very heavy and grounded and likes to stay where it is. So what's happening is that fool energy that all the pages seem to have of adventurousness and movement is balancing out that heaviness and giving this particular figure, the potential to move and work and do everything that is necessary in order to achieve that long-term stability that requires labor and movement in order to achieve. So if you draw the Page of Pentacles upright in a tarot reading, it's speaking to a personality that is very interested in labor and in working and has an understanding of the way that labor and work can help this person to move up and move into a more stable and steady position. And because the pages often have this apprentice or assistant energy to them, it can very much embody that position of someone being a skilled apprentice and someone learning how to do a very particular labor skill because they know very well that learning that skill, and especially learning it from someone who is very knowledgeable about that skill, will in turn allow them to be productive and to make money and acquire material things and the stabilization that the earth energy can bring. 
And like all the pages, this figure is pretty eager and motivated, and is infused with that fool-like energy, which allows this type of personality to be very productive and motivated and to want to work. But if you draw the Page of Pentacles reversed, the laziness and the lack of desire for movement takes over. And what you end up with is a very youthful laziness embodied in this personality. That idea of, that we often find in teenagers of them saying things like, I don't feel like doing anything. And so the youthful energy is sort of wasted, and instead what you have is just that laziness. And the missed opportunity, because this is a particularly good time of one's life when they're youthful, to develop and cultivate these skills. And so there's sort of a short-sightedness that comes along with this youthful laziness. And this idea that they don't see the value in learning or acquiring these skills, and are therefore quite resistant to working. Because the progress of the Earth suit is slow, the vision has to be a long-term one. And so unlike the Page of Pentacles upright, the Page of Pentacles reversed personality is really only in touch with what they want to do right now in this very moment, with very little concept of how this might lead to a lack of reward in the long run. When you look at the Knight of Pentacles, what you see is a figure of a knight on a very large black horse that's turned back, right? It's not facing towards the king, it's looking back, and it's at a very strong standstill. Unlike any of the other horses, there's no movement in this particular horse. The landscape here looks a little bit strange. It looks like maybe we're off a little bit in the foothills. We still have some of that tilled land, but it doesn't look quite as fertile as the land that we saw in the Page of Pentacles. And again, this horse is very big and strong and steady looking, but it's not moving. It's just standing there looking backwards. We see leaves that appear to be growing out of the knight's helmet, as well as the horse's head, embodying that earth energy. And really what's happening here, and the reason we have this knight standing still, is we have this oppositional energy between the adventurousness of the knight and the home-oriented or comfort-seeking earth energy of the pentacles. And the way that this horse and knight are looking backwards almost seems like there's a hesitancy to move forward. And if you've ever been on a big, strong, stubborn horse, you will probably know that sometimes it's hard to get that horse to move in the direction you want it to. So what I really get out of this card is this hesitancy to go on the adventure and kind of turning back and being like, eh, I think I'd rather just stay home. So if you draw the Knight of Pentacles upright, we see a personality that is very safety-oriented and maybe steers others away from danger. So that's a little bit the way that the valiance of the Knight could be embodied is its ability to stop other people from going off into a place that might be dangerous. This Knight personality knows when we've gone too far and wants us to turn back. So this Knight has a very protective energy that is channeled into this preventative attitude. And the overall adventurousness of the Knight is checked by the stability and groundedness of the Pentacle Earth energy. So again, we have this personality that channels the valiance 
of the night, not towards adventure, but maybe away from adventure and towards safety and security and the familiar. If you draw the Knight of Pentacles reversed, the valiance of this idea is corrupted into an over-controlling personality that is uptight and overprotective to the point that it's almost holding others captive out of this concern for safety. So you might have a little bit of a helicopter parent vibe or someone who doesn't want you to do anything fun or adventurous just because they are so overly concerned with safety to the point that it's a little bit delusional. This is a personality that takes the fun out of an adventure and the kind of person who would say when you're on an adventure, you guys, I think we should turn back even when everyone else is having a good time. And so we have some of that stubbornness that can come from the Earth energy coming up in the Knight of Pentacles reversed. And stubbornness is often a corrupting energy within the Earth suits. When we look at the Queen of Pentacles, we see a figure of a queen who appears to be in a garden very similar to that that we see on the Ace of Pentacles card. She's surrounded by foliage, everything looks very nice and fertile, and it may remind us a little bit of the Nine of Pentacles card, where we also see uh, what appears to be a female figure in a garden. But here we don't have that captive energy. And this is particularly present in that rabbit that we can see in the bottom right corner. You'll remember on the Nine of Pentacles, the figure was holding a bird on her arm that had a hood over its head, very much embodying this idea of being held captive. But rabbits in gardens have free will and choose to come around to seek out food or shelter and if you know about rabbits, of course, they're very shy and skittish. And if they feel at all threatened, they'll turn and run away. So the fact that this rabbit is drawn to be near the Queen of Pentacles symbolizes how much she embodies the idea of safety. You have to be incredibly calm and gentle for a rabbit to come up to you. And this particular rabbit seems comfortable coming up to this Queen of Pentacles. This queen is cradling the pentacle in her lap and focusing on it, which embodies that maternal energy. It's very empress-like. This is the most empress-like of the, of the queens, who as a whole are not so much empresses as more high priestesses. So in that sense, this queen is very maternal, and this is not restricted just to her family. She has this sort of mother of the world vibe to her. And it's almost like all the creatures of the universe are her babies. So if you draw the Queen of Pentacles upright, you're denoting this personality that is marked with steadiness and stability and this idea of being a mother to all. This personality makes everyone feel safe, to be around it and nurtured and taken care of. And there's a spiritual element to that for her. Much like in the Queen of Cups, that holiness comes from the deep feeling world. Here, her holiness comes from her maternal nature. Because this is a queen card, the stability is found through life experience. And that stability through experience radiates out of this personality. This personality is also in touch with nature, or even one with nature. Again, embodying that holiness that can come with feeling like you are part of the Earth and part of the Earth's creatures. 
You might even go as far as to say this personality has a kind of earth goddess energy to it. This personality embodies the Empress's archetypal qualities in that it's very maternal, but not so much in a personal one-on-one mother-to-baby way, but more of a maternal energy that emanates out towards everything. And this personality is also deeply understanding of the power of nurturing and of being in nature and of being calm and safe and steady and wants to share that abundance. And in a sense, this personality may feel a little bit like a human cornucopia. But if you draw the Queen of Pentacles reversed, the wisdom that comes with the Queen cards is corrupted, and this ends up embodying a personality of materialism and selfishness. The abundance of the garden is replaced with a hoarding of materialistic goods. And it's all driven by an insecurity that corrupts the upright card. And the Queen of Pentacles' reverse personality is very much in the devil's chains. So if you remember, the devil can represent any sort of addiction or attachment to an unhealthy pattern. And in the case of the Queen of Pentacles reversed, that pattern is materialism. When we look at the King of Pentacles card, we see a figure of a king sitting on a throne in a garden, but it's almost like he is part of the garden, isn't it? His robe drapes down and almost seems to merge with the garden, especially because it has that grapevine pattern on it. And grapes, we'll remember, are a symbol of luxury and have been for a long time. So this king is embodying that material luxury that can come with being in a very steady and stable position, which all kings are, and having that achievement that the king has, but also embodying the earth suit, which is very concerned with comfort and money and luxury at the most extreme. So he embodies that luxury that you can have when you've made it as far as he has. You can see those bulls on his throne, which shows that he has worked hard to attain his status but it can also denote a little bit of stubbornness. He's so comfortable that he might not really want to move or do anything or have to deal with anything. But unlike the Page of Pentacles reversed, it's somewhat acceptable because he's achieved so much in his life. He's more concerned with enjoying his luxury life and not so much with commanding other people or being in charge. And his face is looking down at that pentacle. So he's very much enjoying what he has, and he doesn't really want to look out and deal with anything outside of his luxurious garden. This is the kind of king who would throw lavish parties and share the wealth with all who surround him. And that's the way that he expresses his social responsibility, is by pampering and sharing luxury with those who are part of his kingdom. So if you draw the King of Pentacles upright, it's embodying this personality of a generous and wealthy person who is a great provider for many. It's a lot like the figure in the Ten of Pentacles where we see that sort of patriarch of a family who seems to be the rock upon which everyone stands. But this is translated out into a society in general and not so personally about a family. This personality has some of the balance of the Emperor and Empress cards, which make them a great caretaker, because they're not only nurturing, but also have that steady guidance and wisdom that the Emperor card embodies. 
So this is the type of personality that will throw parties and spend freely, and both enjoys and likes to spread around the luxury that they have. If you draw the King of Pentacles reversed, however, this personality is corrupted by the tendency for being sort of materialistic and stingy and stubborn that can come along with the earth energy. So this is a personality of stinginess and unwillingness to share, even though they have so much wealth and luxury to themselves. This is the type of person that accumulates and hoards wealth to themselves and uses that wealth as a source or basis for power over others in a sort of nasty or condescending way. So this could be expressed as a belief that their money and wealth situates everyone else beneath them, and that the world is there to serve them because of their self-perceived status. So this is the kind of person who would be rude to waiters or cab drivers. Or it could also be expressed in a personality that tries to replace nurturing and caretaking with monetary support, which could be embodied in a person who gives other people money or financial support and believes this creates a power dynamic, or that those they share their money with are somehow now subservient to them. When we look at the four court cards of the suit of swords, there are a few things that we may notice. One is that the sky is very blue in all of these cards, which embodies that clarity that the air energy in the suit of swords seeks out. It's the realm of logic and ideas and philosophy, and ultimately all of these things are seeking clarity and understanding, like a clear blue sky. But we also see some clouds developing in each of these cards, and this denotes the potential for storminess of the sword. As we talked about with the suit of swords, there's quite a bit of potential for conflict when you're working with ideas, and storms can come out of this quest for clarity when you rub up against ideas that don't match your own, or people who don't understand or agree with your ideas. So in each of these cards, we do have sort of that possibility of a developing storm. The landscape in all four cards is kind of arid, and we see these windswept looking trees, which make us think that we're high up in the mountains. And that high elevation environment is very much an airy environment where a lot of the fertility of the earth is gone and plant life can't really exist. You probably don't find much water up there. The sun's rays don't have the same heating effect that they do at lower elevations. And so it's a very arid landscape, but it's not burning up in the same way that the desert would be. You also see these birds in each of the cards, which suggests the ascendant nature of the swords. The sword suit is always driven by seeking out intelligence and logic and ideas and trying to ascend up above and get the kind of clarity and well-rounded understanding that something like a bird's eye view would symbolize. 
but that also comes with a certain detachedness, which is something else that happens in the suit of swords. When you look at the page of swords, you see a figure of a page standing on a hill wielding a sword. And unlike the other pages, he's not looking at the symbol of the suit in his hands. It seems like he's really trying to figure out how to use it and practicing it. You see that blue sky with some clouds puffing up, again denoting that potential for conflict within this clarity-seeking environment. And this page, instead of looking at the symbol of the suit, the sword in his hand, he's looking forward, right? He wants to ascend, and he's kind of got his eye on the king. And you get the idea that this page is driven by a desire to ascend upward. But when you look at him, it's not yet clear how he's going to use the sword. Right? Because a sword, as we've talked about before, is double-edged, can be used for two very different purposes. And one is to cut to, to the clarity and to rescue and to fight off danger and evil, but the other can be to perpetuate danger and evil yourself and to oppress and control other people. So this page is the most mischievous looking of the pages because he has the potential for both. And I know that a lot of times people see adolescents, especially adolescent boys this way, that there's so much potential for them to grow into wonderful, smart, intelligent people. But there's also so much potential for mischievousness and trouble as well. And when a young person is very intelligent or smart, it can sometimes be a little bit alarming because that intelligence can be channeled into something very good or something quite troublemaking. So we see some of that temptation for nastiness in this card. So if you draw the Page of Swords upright, it's sort of denoting the personality of a fool with a sword. We have this desire to develop the mind and understanding, the seeking out of learning and intelligence, and wanting to know everything and understand everything and get clarity about the way that the world works, and also an understanding of the power that this can bring you right? Because the sword is also a symbol of power. So we have this youthful personality that is seeking knowledge in order to obtain power. So it can denote a smart or sharp youthful personality, which has a lot of promise to it, but that can be a little bit scary too, right? Anytime we know a really intelligent young person, we know if they take the wrong path, that intelligence can be used in some pretty nasty ways. So when we draw the Page of Swords reversed, what happens is the oppressiveness, which is the corrupting force in a lot of these swords cards, comes to the fore, and we end up with this youthful and oppressive person. So in other words, the personality of a bully. So that oppressiveness of the swords, when combined with the youthfulness and naive nature of the page, leads to this nasty bullying behavior. And it might remind us a little bit of that five or seven of swords cards, where we see oppression or deceit coming out. And because this young person's morals aren't fully developed, they get a little bit of joy out of bullying. And they think it's fun, much in the same way that the figure on the Seven of Swords gets a rush of joy from stealing or deceiving. So another corrupting force that we could identify in the reversed court cards of the Suit of Swords would be a lack of empathy. When we look at the Knight of Swords, we see a figure of a very, very swift 
knight. And this embodies that decisiveness that comes with the sword's suit. This knight is storming towards what may be a battle or a situation that it needs to go into, and he's got his sword raised very decisively. He's ready to fight. The clouds in the background remind us a lot of that Five of Swords card and the way that the sky looks there. So we see this potential conflict, because the Five of Swords is the card of conflict. The landscape here is more fiery in its color and windswept looking. And this embodies that idea that air fuels fire. So when we're dealing with a knight, which is a very fiery figure within the suit of air, that fire can get a little bit out of control, particularly having to do with that oppressiveness that can come with these swords cards. And the out-of-controlness, you can see a little bit in that horse, right? That horse is running so fast, but its eye is also looking back at the knight as if it's kind of saying to him, are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure this is a good idea? So the horse is following command, but does seem to have some hesitancy to what's going to happen ahead. The knight is shrouded in red, embodying again this fire energy, and he has that pointy shoe showing us the piercing energy that can come with these swords cards. So if you draw the knight of swords upright, all this is channeled into a well-intentioned moment, right? A personality of clear, decisive action on a mission, ready to storm in with no hesitation at all. And since we're in the suit of ideology and belief systems, we know this personality is fighting for what they believe in and what they think is right. This can be a very good thing, right? Sometimes we need someone to stand up and be very decisive in order to fight for what is right. It's well-intentioned, but we do worry that it could be a little bit too hot to trot and a little bit reckless, even if it's well-intentioned, because it has a tendency to be a bit uncompromising. We see a lot of black and white thinking that comes out in the suit of swords. There's not a lot of room for ambiguity. So it could be something like a personality in a friend who will blow up at someone in your defense and you appreciate the sentiment, but maybe the anger that they have scares you a little bit. So there's very much a rescuing energy to this knight and a decisiveness and a clarity, but there is a little bit of potential for that conflict and that anger to be a little bit out of hand. But when you draw the Knight of Swords reversed, again, the oppressiveness and the venomousness get way out of hand and corrupt the good intention of that knight. And so it's embodying this personality that is up for a spiteful and venomous attack. And that nasty, oppressive energy that can come along with the sword suit is channeled through this decisive attack that the knights are willing to do. And you end up having this kind of frightening, oppressive, nasty, out-of-control attack happening that isn't for the greater good. When you look at the Queen of Swords card, what you see is the figure of a queen, and unlike all the other kings and queens, her throne is facing backwards, so she's looking back at her subjects and raising her hand to them. And we remember that the queens embody this wisdom through experience, and because we're dealing with the air or swords energy, which is a wisdom-oriented energy, that is amplified in the Queen of Swords. So we have this person, this queen, that is stern, but reliable, and her sword is sticking straight upright, which 
embodies this idea of clarity. And some people sometimes refer to the Queen of Swords as the Widow card. So she's been through all kinds of life experiences and seen so much both good and bad, but it's all integrated into wisdom and understanding about the way that life is and the world works. And her intuitive high priestess energy makes it so that her wisdom is actually very helpful and guiding for other people. You see those clouds on the card, which in the other cards denotes that potential for storminess, but notice that her head is above the clouds. So it's like she has achieved this ascendancy and she has gained this clarity and risen above both the conflict and the confusion. And she can see everything above the storminess and the cloudiness that can happen in the sword suit. And you also see that lone bird soaring in the sky. And this is an echo of her. So she may be a little bit detached or lonely in a sense, even though other people are looking up to her, but she has that ascendant clarity of being up above everything else and seeing it from a vantage point of experience. You see that cherub on her throne, which means that she has a little bit of an angel energy to her. And you also see butterflies on her crown. And so, while the birds symbolize that ascendance and clarity, a butterfly shows us the beauty and lightness that can come from clarity, as well as the transformation that happens when a caterpillar goes through metamorphosis. So the Queen of Swords, too, has somehow transformed through her experience. The clarity and understanding she has has lightened her and brought her in touch with the beauty of life and the world, and so she achieves her holiness and remember, all the queens have some holiness about them. She achieves that holiness through this wisdom of thought and this philosophical understanding of human life and the human experience. So though the air energy is often very serious and heavy, there can also be a little bit of freedom that comes with this clarity and understanding. And that's what's embodied in those butterflies. And another card that we might kind of remember when we see this card is the Justice card with that upright sword. So there's a lot of fairness and justice and balance permeating this card. So if you draw the Queen of Swords upright, it's really denoting a personality that has so much wisdom and clarity and understanding through experience and that has integrated life experiences into its identity and it only makes this person smarter. We have that guiding emperor energy mixed with the intuitive energy of the high priestess and the stable energy of the temperance card. So we have a very guiding, intuitive, and stable personality. And we remember that people look to queens for guidance and this one is well fit for that job. And and it might be the type of personality that executes the rescue work that we see in the Six of Swords. So it's able to ascend emotion and find clarity in order to be helpful towards people who are in dire circumstances. If you draw the Queen of Swords reversed, however, this whole energy is corrupted by a sense of bitterness. So all of these life experiences that are painful and difficult cannot be integrated, and this person does not rise above them. And so we have this bitter and jaded personality that takes it out on everyone, and is oppressive and nasty, and thinks that just because their life has been difficult and painful, they need to make life hell for everyone else and they'll use any position they have in relation to other people in order to do that. 
When you look at the King of Swords, you see this figure of a king sitting on his stone throne, holding a sword up, but it's tipped a little bit to one side. And you may notice that this is the only king who is looking right at you. And that embodies this directness and this clarity and this understanding that the King of Swords has. And it's almost like we are dealing with a double emperor, because all the kings are the emperor of their suit, and the emperor is a air energy card and figure, and here we're dealing with the suit of air. The landscape around this king looks more stable than in some of the other cards, and the clouds also don't seem like they're really developing into a storm. So the stability of the emperor helps to create a more steady environment here. His robe is a sky blue, denoting that clarity. It's almost like he's cloaked in clarity. But you also see some fire colors in his robe, which says that he's not afraid to take action, but won't do it without good reason. We also have those butterflies on the throne and two birds in the sky, denoting again that ascendance and that integration of transformative experience. But that sword is a little bit off balance, right? So unlike the Queen of Swords, the action-oriented energy of the King of Swords has more potential to fall off balance. Or to get drawn into conflict. So we see that potential for unsteadiness in the King of Swords that we don't see in the Queen. So if you draw the King of Swords upright, what you're seeing is the personality of a very logical and wise ruler who is fair and has a great sense of clarity about everything. This King personality knows and accepts that it cannot please everyone, unlike the Cups King, and is okay with that, has just a very deep understanding of the complexities of the position. This is a personality that will take action, but doesn't necessarily crave it. It will do it if its logic and its ideology says that action should be taken. And it does have the potential to be pretty nasty should that action need to be taken. This is a ruler that is not generous necessarily, but fair, and has a little bit of a Machiavellian nature to its personality, in that it understands that effective leadership can sometimes seem unkind, and that it's impossible to please everyone at the same time. But if you draw the King of Swords reversed, that personality is corrupted by this oppressive nature. And what you have is an oppressive or abusive ruler. And this is the personality of a dictator or a tyrannical ruler. This person is not fair and has ideas that a lot of other people don't agree with, but put, uses its position to push those ideas on other people and assert power over them. So the King of Swords reversed uses an ideology as an oppressive force in order to assert and maintain power over others. And now for my exciting announcement. As you may know, I traveled to Wyoming last month to be in the path of totality for the solar eclipse, and it was one of the coolest experiences of my life. You may also know from a previous episode that I'm a longtime fan of the Archetypal Tarot Podcast, hosted by Sandera Quackenbush and Julianne Javeau. Well, in a true dream come true for me, they invited me to talk to them about my eclipse experience 
in a special episode of their podcast that will be out soon. In addition to this, I'm scheduled to be a guest on another episode of the Archetypal Tarot Podcast, where Julianne and I will discuss one of the minor arcana suits. So if you haven't already, subscribe to the Archetypal Tarot Podcast and stay tuned for these two episodes, and really all future episodes. It's a great resource for anyone looking for a deep exploration of the tarot, and there's a link in the show notes. Brewlock Radio is a podcast for uncloaking, learning, and exploring the tarot cards. It's written and produced by me, Weston. Music for today's show was provided by Shenandoah Davis and Jeray. You can find information about both of these artists in the show notes. You can find notes about each of the cards discussed on this episode on the Rulock Tarot website. That's at rulocktarot.com podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you'll join me next time for Rulock Radio. Thank you.